Welcome to the latest episode of the Old Man's Podcast. We made another week. How about that? And they said it would never happen. It's been a hot one. I don't know where you're at, but this podcast episode is being made in late August. And we have some really, really hot weather going on. So stay cool out there. Be safe, but don't let that slow you down. Bad weather, in this case, bad hot weather. Drink lots of fluids, but still get out of the house. Don't let the circumstances that you can't control, like weather, take control of you and make you into a person just sitting around on the couch watching TV. Get active, do stuff. If you're in the heat of the day and you're stuck inside, still do something. Don't just sit in front of the boob tube, as we used to call the TV. Open up a book, do some crossword puzzles, call a friend, write a letter. There's a thought. It's old school. And the people that receive the works that you're going to do when you write a letter, they'll really appreciate it because it's kind of personal, right? An actual written letter, not a text message. That's not the same thing. Not a Facebook post, still not a letter. A piece of paper, a pen, you write a letter. You tell somebody a story, or you tell somebody you miss them, remind them of some happy moments that you had in the past, a page or so, fold it up, put it in an envelope, and you put their home address on it. Not an email address, an actual physical address of their house. And once you have it in the envelope, you seal it, put a stamp on it, which those are things that you can get at the post office. They're 51 cents now to mail a letter. But it's the best 51 cents you'll ever spend because you're going to make somebody, probably an old friend or a family member, really happy. They're going to go to their mailbox, which not again, not your email box, but an actual physical box. It's the thing out by the street in front of your house. And normally just junk comes in it. They're going to go down there and they're going to open up that mailbox and there's going to be a letter from you. And they're going to smile when they open it up and read it because you're going to make them happy. So that's the goal for this week. If you're stuck inside especially, that goal being write somebody a letter. It just takes a few minutes. No, it's not as fast as texting or social media post or anything like that, but it means a heck of a lot more. Write somebody a letter. All right, who's telling you all this stuff? Sounds like some old guy. It is. It's me, Rocky Streb. I'm the old guy. I'm the old man on the old man's podcast. And don't be tricked. If you are considering yourself a advanced, not senior citizen, but an experienced person, then you're going to be able to relate to a lot of the things that I just talked about and will talk about. Because letter writing is something that we did when we were younger you are now a younger person that means not much, very much to you you don't really know what that's all about what's the big deal write a letter and just send an email and you wouldn't do that even because kids don't even check email you do a text well that's why you young people need to be listening to the old man's podcast it's not just for old people it's for young people too the ways of the world that it used to be i'm not saying we have to go back in time but there were some things that we did back in those olden times that weren't so bad. And letter writing is one of those. 
I'm telling you guys, write somebody a letter, make a person happy. It's even better than a phone call because phone calls are easier than letters. The more effort you put into it, the more they'll appreciate it. Words of wisdom from the old man's podcast. That wasn't really even on my agenda for today. Here's what we're going to talk about in this episode. I think I have discovered who the greatest actor ever was. I want you to stay um, tuned for that one. Not really tuned, but don't fast forward the podcast past this because I have some words that I want to talk about. The greatest actor ever. You may agree. Likely, you have no idea who I'm talking about. Okay, that's enough tease. Let me move on. Taking your time. I've noticed in my own life, in the life of those people around me, hurry up causes problems. Now, for the last year, year and a half, we haven't really been in hurry up mode. We've been in slow down mode, exactly the opposite of hurry up. But now we're getting back to normal. We're still not there, but we're moving in that direction. And I see hurry up start to become more and more prevalent, again, in my life and the lives of those people around me. Hurry up got to be, I guess, over decades or even centuries, it's kind of the way it was. And we noticed during the pandemic that we didn't have to live hurry up. And we probably figured out, at least I did, how much uh, more joy there is in living a life that isn't a hurry up life. And now that we're getting back into it, I'm afraid we're going to forget some of the lessons we learned in the last year and a half about the um, trials and tribulations of a hurry up life. We have to try to avoid that. So I'm gonna talk about the negative energy of the hurry up life. And I have a question. I don't know that anybody can actually answer it. It's kind of a pondering about, well, I don't wanna tell you. You're gonna have to listen to it. So a funny thing happened is going to be a pondering question. Of course, we're gonna play trivia. Naturally, we always do. And I have a pep talk for you. I think these pep talks might really be for me. I appreciate your listening in and joining me on the pep talks. It makes me feel like I'm giving somebody else words of advice. But being introspective, if I truly were to be introspective, I think I'd say, and these pep talks are really more for me than they are for you. But if you're enjoying them with me, I'm happy to continue. Hey, by the way, are you subscribed to the Old Man's Podcast or you just link up when I send that out on social media? I don't know what app you're listening to this. You have a podcast delivery app. Might be Anchor, might be Spotify, might be Apple iTunes. I don't know. Whatever it is, go back and subscribe to the podcast. It'll bump over to you automatically once a week. And I get a listener. Even if you don't have time to listen to it, when it first comes out, it'll be there ready to go when you get around to it. Also, please pass it on. Word of mouth is the best way. I guess it's word of my mouth when you send this podcast to other people. Tell them about it. I'd be grateful for that. Of course, I'm on Facebook with the Old Man's Podcast page. Like it. Dig it up. Find it. Like it. And uh, post on it. A lot, a lot of you guys are liking the Old Man's Facebook page. And you just sort of 
look at it and don't really have any comments. I don't know that I've ever had any comments. I certainly haven't had any recently. Get on there and comment. Tell me something. Get me thinking about something. You help me get some content for future episodes. All right, that's enough uh, babbling. Let's get this thing going. like these episodes to be much more than 30 minutes long i don't want to keep you tied up you'll quit listening to me because keep hearing the same thing over and over again so 30 to 40 minutes is my sweet spot i babbled quite a bit in the opening so i'm going to abbreviate a little bit what's on the old man's mind and i'll tell you first why this is on my mind so it was late at night a couple weeks ago friday night sammy was flying in late i think the plane was landed at midnight pam was going to go get pick her up at the airport so i wanted to wait up until she got back and the remote for the fire tv was on one couch and i was on the other couch that was just a journey too far i could not see myself at 11:30 at night i guess it was sometime between 11 and midnight getting up and walking uh i'd say four steps maybe go from one of the couches to the other to get the fire tv remote so i did have in my hand the um dvr the uh, tivo which receives over the air tv and yes kids you can get free tv over the air we have that And I just was flipping through because, again, that Fire TV remote, so far away, just a bridge too far to go. And I found a movie on, which is what's on all the broadcast networks, old TV, old person TV, Cozy, Me TV, Grit TV. I'm not even sure which one I was watching, but they're all to have old TV series and old movies. This particular channel was calling itself, or at least this show that they had on, the series that they were playing at midnight on a Friday night, Noor TV. I think that's how you pronounce that. Spelled N-O-I-R. Film Noir. I'm probably saying it wrong. It's French. So who cares? The only good thing about French is fries and toast. Film Noir. If I'm saying it right, if I'm not, I hope you know what I'm talking about. I always thought film noir meant black and white. And film noir films always are black and white. I don't mind watching black and white. A lot of great cowboy movies in black and white that I've seen. This one wasn't a cowboy movie. It was made in the early 1950s, and it was told a story about... World War II. So that would have been within the 10-year period after the war. So I felt like, hey, that's going to be probably pretty significant because all the actors and the people who were making the movie were actually there. So it might be pretty good. I stopped flipping through the channels and I saw who was on it. The movie starred Dean Martin. I'm like, oh, well, that's going to be a comedy, right? That's all he does. And Marlon Brando. And I'm thinking to myself, how do you put these two together? Now, if you're like me, I'm in my 60s. I am well aware of who Dean Martin is. 
mostly from those celebrity roast things that he did in the 70s when I was in middle school and high school. And he's a funny guy. And I've seen a lot of his movies, the very first Ocean's Eleven, for example. They're great films. So really enjoyed Dean Martin. That was going to keep me. Marlon Brando, however, I really only have one reference point, And that's The Godfather, where he plays Vito Corleone. That's all I know about Marlon Brando. I've seen clips of him in Streetcar Named Desire, basically standing at the top of the steps yelling, Stella! And I know he played a crazy guy in Apocalypse Now, a film that came out back when I was in high school. And I guess he passed away sometime after that because that's the last thing I can remember of him. There may have been more, and I'm sure he was a good actor. That's what I'm thinking to myself. But I didn't know what I was getting into. Didn't know very much about his work. So I'm watching this film, and right away I realize, Dean Martin, this isn't a comedy. He's playing a serious role. The part that he's playing is a fella that is got drafted into the Army during World War II, but he wants to be a conscientious objector. He does not support the war effort in the sense that he will serve. He doesn't want to do that. So his part in the story is how is he going to get out of this? What is he going to do? The conflict of being a conscientious objector to the, the, to the war and then being drafted and having to go into the war. And I'm really impressed by Dean Martin's acting ability. This, who I thought was a singer, a crooner, and a, and a comedian, He's doing a great job playing a serious role. So that was enough to get me in. But once the parts with Marlon Brando came in, it was even better. He's a German officer. He's on in the Wehrmacht, the People's Army. He supports Nazism because he feels like the movement that Germany is pursuing is going to make the world a more peaceful place. So he's somewhat like the character that Dean Martin was playing. Martin's character, conscientious objector, does not want to become a part of an army. Brando's character, not a conscientious objector, but more of a supporter because he thinks he sees some kind of greater good in it. He's in France and Paris. He's in North Africa, the early parts of the war. And again, I hadn't seen a whole lot of Brando's work, but man, watching him play a German military officer, the man's not German. I don't think the man was ever in the military. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. He plays this up. If you didn't know any better, you would think you're looking at a live action, really happening at that time, documentary type thing of a German military officer. He was unbelievable. And it just it just floored me. So this is film noir, something that I never really watch. And if it wasn't midnight and I was waiting up for somebody, I wouldn't have watched this either. But I got the opportunity to see a stunning performance by a spectacular actor that I otherwise never would have known about. I would have gone my whole life, as long as it would be, and not know or realize or enjoy the fantastic acting skill, talent of Marlon Brando 
and I wouldn't have ever seen what really was a great film. I didn't see much of it, and I don't even really remember what the name is. I just watched a segment of it while I was waiting for the plane to come in. It had something about lions in it, like the lions. I kept thinking Lion's Choice, but that's a restaurant. And I don't think it was Lion's Roar either, but the word lions was in it. So if you do a search, if you're bored like I am one night, I'm sure it's on Netflix or Prime or you can find it somewhere on IMBD TV. Give it a look, but not just that one. All those films that qualify in the category of film noir, don't just turn your back on them. Give them a chance. I know they're old. I know the old guy's telling you this. But there's some stuff from the past, even before me, that is interesting and worthy of our attention. So don't ever say no. Give those old films a shot. You might be surprised. And that's the advice this old man's got for you. old man's tip well this tip i guess like so many of the tips that i give you in these weekly podcasts you already know so maybe it's not a tip maybe it's a reminder the tip slash reminder is don't be in a hurry as i said in the opening during the pandemic life slowed down for us and it was more enjoyable And it just felt more relaxing. We have, these last few months, slowly been moving towards more normal. I don't know that we're there yet. And I don't know if it's going to be a new normal or we get back to the old normal. I really like the old normal. I'd be fine without some kind of whatever a new normal is. I don't need that. But I'm seeing us move into what what I'm calling hurry-up life. Where you got so many things to do, we got a tight time schedule, we have people counting on us, other projects depending upon our input. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, get it done, meet the deadline. I didn't feel like during the pandemic I had a whole lot of deadlines. Now I'm feeling the pressure of deadlines. And in that regard, anyway, I sort of missed the pandemic. Because not having deadlines, that was kind of kind of fun. I don't want to go back, just saying that one aspect was nice. So the hurry up life, it's not a good thing. It's stressful and it takes, uh, I think, the enjoyment that we normally feel by living, it takes away the fun. Because hurry up, you don't get to enjoy anything. As you might know, I work in the field of athletics with high school kids. So high school kids are, and high school athletics is just, pure life, pure enjoyment. They're not getting paid. They're just doing it for the fun and all the lessons and the value of everything that they learn pays off for them later on in life. You know all that. We've talked about it before and you already knew it anyway. High school athletics is going to emulate for us issues or situations that we're not going to see in professional athletics very often and even in college athletics because these are kids. They're 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. They're not old enough to have lived a life that would give them maturity to handle a lot of things. This is what they're doing 
by playing sports. They're learning these things. Our sports and our athletics are, in most cases, time conscious. So football's on a clock, soccer's on a clock, cross country, everybody's racing against the clock, and swimming's on a clock. Same thing, racing against the volleyball, for example, a girl sport and softball girl sport that's being played right now, not on a clock. So different lessons there. I'm specifically talking about contest, athletic events, sports that are centered on time. They're time conscious. Let's just start with football. So football, you've got to accomplish a certain set of things, plays, to address a big Bigger picture, score, you've got an opponent working against you, and that's real, guys. In life, things are working against you. Sometimes, yes, it is people actually working against you, trying to subvert whatever it is you're doing. Not all the time. In fact, not even most of the time. Most of the time, it's just the world. It's just the situation. It's the things that you cannot control that are working against you. So in that regard, football is a great trainer for life. But it's the clock management part that I'm talking about right now. So kids want to do what the coaches, the teachers, want them to do. Execute the plays, the little pieces of the plan that will end in the result that the project is trying to accomplish. And that is score. Ultimately, win a game when you do better over a period of time than your opponent. But the clock's running, and man, does it get in the kid's head, just like it does for adults. Same thing, and we're not playing football, but that's our life. I get up in the morning, have all these things that I want to do, so that at the end of the day, I've accomplished X, Y, Z, however many things it is I'm trying to do in this busy day. And something that I can't control my opponent, that life gets in my way. It's an obstacle. The batteries go dead. Uh, traffic, flat tire, those are typical bad things that can happen that'll mess up your day. But gosh, isn't there so many more? We could go on and on and on making a list of all the things that can go wrong during your day. And by go wrong, mostly I mean slow you down. So kids in athletics, we want them to learn how to handle time. Don't get in a hurry. Don't feel pressure. Don't feel pressed. Because when you do, you're going to make mistakes. Turn the ball over. Create a penalty in athletics. And life, hurry up life, means we're going to make mistakes. And those mistakes can be any number of things. And they have a bad effect on us. And it seems like they snowball from there, right? Like dominoes falling. Once one bad thing happens, then you're adjusting, you're trying to overcome that challenge and fix it and make it right. And then something else happens because of what you were just doing. So it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and snowballing. Adults learn how to deal with this and learn how to handle this because it happens to us. Kids, on the other hand, they don't know that as well. They're going to learn through athletics and they're going to learn through life, but they don't know how to handle all the pressures that are going to mess them up and hurry up life. So watch your kids, yeah, watch yourself and pay attention. Are you in hurry up mode? If you are in hurry up mode, 
you want to get out of it. Take control of the situation. Control what you can control. Control the time. Control the next event. Or think about the event down the road that's going to come three events down your time schedule from today. And something's going to have to go. If you got a flat tire on the way to work and you're going to be late to work, maybe that first appointment's going to have to be rescheduled for the next day. That's just an example. Take control of what you can control. Do not fret. Do not worry about the things that you can't control. Sure, there's some measure of triage involved where you're going to decide what's more important. Is one appointment more important than the other appointment? Then you just throw the least important one out and reschedule it for another day. These are the things that we learn how to do. We learn how to do them by being experienced at doing them. And we've been out of that mindset for some time now. So I think we're forgetting how to handle hurry up life. First way to handle it, in my opinion, is don't be there. But we're stuck. Life is life. We're back in a hurry up. So be careful, folks. Use your experience. Throw out things that you can throw out. Triage your time. Figure out what's most important and do that. I feel for you, people. We're back in a hurry up. I don't want to hurry up. I want to take my time. But I don't always get what I want. None of us do. So we have to learn how to deal with it. I guess it's kind of turned into a pep talk, which really isn't where I was headed. But we're going to mesh the two things together. The old man's tip and the pep talk. It's about the hurry up life. Got to deal with it? Deal with it. Use your experience. Use your skills. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Man, I hate that hurry up life. Who's ready for some trivia? I am. I hope you are too. I know a lot of you look forward to this. It's just simple five trivia questions is what I've been doing for the last, I don't know how many months. And the um, Engage Your Brain segment of the podcast, which is supposed to serve as a reminder that you need to engage your brain. You really do. I'm doing trivia questions or playing a trivia night's one way of doing it. But there's a lot of things that you can do to engage your brain and keep uh, age-related memory loss Keep it away as much as you can. And apparently research shows that your brain, like anything else, you use it, you won't lose it. At least if you use it more, you won't lose it as fast. How about that one? So let's play some trivia. We got five for you. Good mix here. I'm going to start kind of sciencey, I guess you would call this. Vaccines are on everybody's mind. Do you know who invented the rabies vaccine? This one's going to surprise you if you don't know it. I'm coming out hard, coming out heavy on you. The inventor of the rabies vaccine, one Luis Pasteur. You've heard that name, and you may not have known he did that, but he did. That guy did a lot of stuff. He was amazing. All right, geography? Maybe that's what this category is. You've heard of the seven wonders of the ancient world, right? Do you know... Which of those seven wonders was a garden? Which garden is considered to be among the seven wonders of the ancient world? 
it is the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. I always wondered, what was that? How do you hang a garden? I guess they planted everything on the ceiling. Not sure, but apparently it's a wonder if you got to see it in the ancient times. It was one of seven. All right, who has seen The Queen's Gambit? That's that show on Netflix about chess. Really, it's about a young lady who plays chess, but chess is kind of the central theme. So I have a chess question for you. Which chess piece is the only piece that can move diagonally? Pretty simple. If you've ever played chess, you know this answer, right? The bishop. The bishop is the only chess piece that can move diagonally. Let's go to musical instruments. How many vowels? That's the little buttons that you push, I guess. I'd call them buttons, but apparently they're called vowels. How many vowels does a trumpet have? So picture in your mind, Satchmo, Louis Armstrong, playing a trumpet. How many fingers is he using? I'll bet you we got 100% on that, right? Everybody knows the answer is three. Three vowels on a trumpet. I gave you some easy ones. They weren't all hard. All right, here's the last one. This one's kind of hard, and it's science. You know I love science. What is the name of the mysterious force thought to account for over 85% of the universe? Now, I wouldn't have got this one right if I didn't have the book with the answers. And I didn't, I've heard of this mysterious force, but I didn't know it accounts for over 85% of the universe. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Do you know the answer? The name of the mysterious force that accounts for over 85% of the universe is dark matter. I did not know that. But now we all do. And there's your reminder, make sure you engage your brain. Funny thing happens to me a lot. Either it's something that I experienced, a person that I ran into, but sometimes it's just a thought that comes out of my head. So as I told you in the open for this episode, it's kind of a funny thing I pondered on in my head. So I'm gonna throw this out to you, see what you think about it. I did look this up on the internet. I got a little bit of what I'm going to say might be facts. I'm always worried about internet facts, like what's my source and everything, but let me tell you about it. At the baseball game, and we don't even realize it now. It's just something that happens. Anytime you've been to a baseball game, hockey's the same thing. You'll hear it. It's the organ. Dun, 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 you know, that kind of thing and different songs that might be applicable to whatever franchise you're in. At some point, I started thinking about this. At some point, somebody presented themselves to a franchise owner or a stadium executive or however this went down and said to this guy, hey, you know, you got that. And I found out it started with hockey. So, hey, you know, you got that hockey game going on. But there seems to be some dead parts while the hockey game's going on. They take breaks, guys get hurt, that kind of stuff. How about we hook up an organ and we play organ music during the hockey game? Who thought of that? 
Why do they think of that? That seems insane. Like, if you heard that idea, you're that franchise owner, you own a hockey team, and somebody comes to you and says, hey, during breaks in the game, we're going to play in Oregon. I would laugh at them. I think that is the dumbest thing I ever heard. So I, the research I did in, on the internet for whatever it's worth, I don't remember what I was reading, but this is what I came up with. Oregon playing during sports events started in hockey stadiums. The first, again, according to the source that I'm reading on the internet, the first Oregon playing in a baseball stadium was Wrigley Field in the 30s. Hate to give the Cubs any kind of recognition for anything, but uh, good for them. So maybe baseball, Oregon playing got started in Chicago. I mean, they had 100 years without a World Series. They had to think of things to keep people entertained. Maybe that makes sense then, that the Cubs would come up with this. But it, primarily from my own experience and from my research, Oregon playing is something that happens in hockey and in baseball. I don't recall ever hearing Oregon playing in a basketball game that I've been to, and I certainly don't hear an Oregonist playing in NFL football games. So it's got to be hockey and baseball. And I guess those are sports that have more um, breaks in them. Baseball way more than hockey. Baseball is just a slow game. So somebody was trying to fill some time and came up with this genius idea, really, of having an organist play during the breaks. And my question at the beginning was, who thinks of this? Have you ever had an idea that you thought was genius, you brought it up to other people, and they poo-poo it, and it never really happens? That could have happened to the person that thought about playing an organ at that athletic contest. The takeaway here is, whoever that person was, they must have persisted because now we have organists at baseball in particular and sometimes in hockey, and it really adds to the experience. So feel motivated. If you've got an idea, no matter how crazy it sounds, don't let people dismiss you. Stay with it. You never know. Your idea might be even better than playing the organ during a baseball game. Well, there we have it. The sound that tells us this episode of the Old Man's Podcast has come to a happy conclusion. I hope it's not happy because you're happy it's over. I hope it's a happy conclusion because you're happy you took the time to listen to it. I'm happy you were here with me. I know this was a meandering one, kind of a wandering one. I didn't script it out very well, so it was just me sort of mentally meandering down the old man's path. And I guess that's what this podcast should be, uh, a gaze, a glimpse into the mind of an old person. Other old people can share these experiences and enjoy them, relive them, understand them. You young people, very important. There's old people in your life, get to know them. Now you understand a little bit, hopefully, of how us old people, how our brains work. It's very different than yours. Doesn't make us wrong, doesn't make us right either. 
just makes us different. Share time with your grandparents and your parents. Share experiences, share stories, listen. You guys are great listeners. The youth of America, the youth of America is all I know. I don't know about the rest of the world, but American youth, you guys are great listeners. You're doing a really good job with that. Keep listening. Let the um, elderly in your life know that what they have to say is something that you care about. And that's a pep talk and a tip all in one. Got one more tip for you. Have a great week. Make sure you remember to live boldly. Get off my grass! Damn kids.